Kingdom Come. It's been a great series so far exploring the different aspects and qualities of God's kingdom and how to implement it in our own personal lives, in our church right here, and also uh, just at jobs and relationships and friendships. Uh, it's been just a great time digging deep into what it means to be part of God's kingdom. And today, I want to talk about quality that is so important when it comes to God's kingdom. And, and when you look closely at its core, it's also a quality that God also has. And that is community. I'm going to take a minute here and just show you just how important uh, community is and, and why mankind is so drawn to this idea of community and and, then, and there are actually negative consequences when when a person does not feel like he belongs to a community there was a study done during the world war uh, on on london's blitz in 1940 and that study found that this bizarre thing where the rates of depression in the city of London went down during the Nazi bombardment. And after that uh, war, after the war was over, the rates of depression went back up to normal levels, which is just crazy. And that study found out that it's, it's not that humans have an odd uh, love of Nazi bombardment. There's actually this sense of community. The way that the war brought all of London together. Cities are notorious for loneliness because you are surrounded by tens of thousands of people uh, that mostly are strangers. Uh, you don't know them. Uh, but, most, but something about the war and the blitz where the city of London came together. And, and actually the whole war brought, brought the West together. And uh, since then, uh, we all know that we live in a very individualistic society. And I was reading this paper about the decline of community and in, in, in individualism. And in, uh, a few years back, uh, the Prime Minister of England appointed a loneliness minister uh, because almost 20% of the population identified as lonely. And in her statement to the press, uh, she said, far too many people Loneliness is the sad reality of modern life. And this is not just a problem in Britain. It's also in the U.S. Actually, in the U.S., rates of loneliness are, are much higher. 35% of Americans report they are chronically lonely. 8% report uh, having conversation with a neighbor in the past year. In the 80s, the average American claims to have Three confidants or best friends. And in a recent study, 25% of people today claim they have zero. It is very evident that there's a decline of community in the world we live in today. But what we see in the Bible is that community is a fundamental quality of God's kingdom. You and I have been put together and placed together by, uh, by God as a community of faith. And so really, wherever humankind is in all of the world, we cluster in as communities. Sociologists would say that wherever there's an overlap of intent, experience, and identity, you begin to see a community form. Humankind cannot help but form communities among themselves. And that's why if we can't find community, we start to slip in our mental health. See, the reason for that is because the nature of the Creator, God of the universe, is Himself communal. 
We worship a God who is three in one, a triune God. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three in one in perfect communion and harmony. God creates everything and He sits at the epicenter of reality. And so it shouldn't surprise any of us that we are drawn to community because God is community Himself. So the title of my lesson today is God's Call for Community. God calls us to be a community. God calls His kingdom to be a community. We really see that in, in, in John chapter 17 verse verse 20, where Jesus was praying for the believers. And this is his prayer. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So what, what we see here is God praying, what we, what we see through the, the, the scriptures and, and especially through John is that close oneness and community Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit are in. Jesus praying that this communion of life, connection, and vibrancy can spill out into and in His kingdom. So it's no wonder that humankind is, is conditioned and, and is drawn towards and desperately needs to be in a community. And that is the very essence of being created in the likeness of God. God is a community calling us to be a church of community. That's why we read in Genesis chapter 2 this idea of man and woman. And when God created a community between him, Adam and Eve, that they were naked and unashamed. What you're seeing here is this type of vulnerability, this type of openness, and, and the type of being known. There's nothing to hide in this community. There's nothing to project an image of. They are fully known. And that beautiful picture lasts, I think, 22 verses. And then sin enters and fractures everything. Immediately, you see this fracture between God and man and that community, that beautiful picture of complete vulnerability and openness begins to dissolve. And then the Bible all the way through redemption of Jesus Christ to this day is about this fractured community and how to make it whole again. And you really see this truth in our lives today and in this day and age. Right now there's such a deep hunger for community in our world. But we all can get this loose connection with others. And I'm not a hater of social media. I think man, I, I think the internet is undefeated. I love the internet, especially during this time. I don't think I would be get past 2020 if it wasn't for the internet. But man, social media, it is a, it is a shallow way of belonging to a community. And it doesn't satisfy the soul. In fact, research says it actually aggravates the deeper, deeper parts of us that's longing for real connection, longing for real communion with other people. So if, if you've ever found yourself stuck scrolling through your social media stuff and you feel this kind of low-grade hum of insecurity, anxiety, agitation, what that is is your soul wanting more for you than what you're getting. So before we continue here, 
What I want to do is I want to define community. And, and, and here's how community def- is defined by uh, scientists. Scientists say that community is not an actual quality that you can touch. It's, it's a perceived uh, community and, 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 and a perceived connection between a group of people based on overlaps of intent, identity, and interest. So here's what we're going to do. What I want to do is dive into text and I want to show you that we are a community of faith that has the same intent, identity, and interest. And the way it translates biblically is that we have the same Savior, we have the same assignment, and we have one another. And that's my outline and we're going to dive into it. So the first point is we have the same Savior. Go come Read with me 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 17. And it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold the new creation. All that from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciled to the world, uh, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. See, you and I, as a church of disciples, if if you are a disciple, we have the same Savior. You and I worship and serve the same King. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 2 says it like, like this. Once you were not a people, and now you are the people of God. There has been in you, in me, a fundamental shift in identity. So that my primary identity now is found in Christ and and not in any other definition or defining element of what I might be. So I'm a Middle Eastern, but I'm not primarily Middle Eastern. I am a husband, but I'm not primarily a husband. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a minister, but I'm not primarily a minister. I have been bought by the blood of Christ, adopted into this family of God, placed among a, a community of disciples, so that you and I now become a type of family that is more important, that transcends all other identity markers, which means I am more loyal to you in our shared Savior, in our shared faith, than anything else that would mark me as being similar or different. See, it's, it's not hard for us to think that, this is, that it's true when it comes to similarity. Because it, it is so easy to connect on similarities. But it's so hard to connect in differences. To, to allow that our Savior, uh, this idea that we, be, we have the same Savior transcend our differences. And uh, as a church, we support the churches in the Middle East and, and in, the, in the mission field over there. And, and uh, recently we just started a North American online Arabic service every Sunday for Arab Christians that have been having a hard time connecting uh, with the American culture here in the U.S., and as you talk with them, and as I talk with other people, in the surface, they and other people might feel like they have nothing in common with the people here in the U.S., with the culture of, of, of America. And at the surface, it might seem true. It's different language, different humor, different movies, different, different uh, friendships, different upbringings, different stories, and different experiences. And all that might be true. 
But in reality, is that you have more in common with a Jordanian Christian who loves Christ than you do with an American who wants nothing to do with God. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Okay, you have more in common with a Jordanian Christian that loves Jesus than you do with an American who wants nothing to do with God. And that is true in every aspect of your life. That is true when it comes to your ethnicity. That is true when it comes to your political party. That is true when it comes to your job. It's true when it comes to your family. We relate and connect with people that love God. We have more in common with disciples than non-disciples because we have the same Savior. So why do we say that? We say that because my family is the household of faith. We will be spending eternity with a group of men and women who at the surface can seem so different, but we all have bent the knee to Jesus who is our Savior. You and I, we have said yes to the same Lord that makes us a community of faith. Alright, so the second point is we have the same assignment. So we have the same Savior, but we also have the same assignment. I, I love the continuation of this passage in Second Corinthians. And it says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That this is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and trusting us to the message of reconciliation. Therefore... We are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making His appeal through us. You know, I love this. I love this because what's happening here is, is, is now we have the same Savior, and God has put us together in His family, in a given place, in a given time, for the sake of His name and His glory. And, and has, He has given all of us the same assignment. You and I operate in different domains. But we have been given the same task. You and I have been put in different domains, just like ambassadors. Ambassadors don't live in their home country. They live in, in, in foreign lands and foreign countries. So you and I have been put in different domains, different places and times. I am in the domain of ministry. You are in the domain of sales, education, government, business, law. You have been put in a domain in God's big plan to seek and save the lost. It is not only for preachers. It's all of us. It's you sprinkled across every domain that exists as ambassadors of Christ. And we carry the same message of reconciliation. If you are bored with your faith, that's, that's on you. Because you've been given an epic task. And you've been empowered to fulfill that task. And you give that task. You, you, you send the message of reconciliation to your job, in your neighborhood, in the places that you live. All of that is on purpose. All of that is according to Acts 17. So that when people seek God to find Him, He won't be far off. You know why He's not far off? Because we're there. You're there. I'm there. We are all sprinkled across different domains. We are all ministers of reconciliation. Ambassadors for Christ. 
So, so look at all we've got in common, okay? Regardless of ethnicity, regardless of socioeconomical status, regardless of whether uh, you grew up in a home that was nurturing or one that was abusive, here in the community of faith, in God's kingdom, we have the same Savior, and Christ found us where we were and gave us the same assignment. So we have both identity and intent. We can use that to encourage one another, stir one another up. We can ask questions of one another to help us go past that empty connection type stuff and into more of a community, communal relationship. And then the third point, right? The third point is we have one another. And, and the one another scriptures, there are 54 scriptures that talk about this concept of one another. Uh, love one another, be gracious to one another, show kindness to one another. And, and we can do these things with those that we do life deeply with. Whether it's in your home, whether it's in uh, your work, whether it's your family group, D-time, loving one another, serving one another. We become these things for one another. We don't demand these from people. We become it first for the good of the church. And I love this concept because what it says is, what it says about the church is what we see is that God has brought us together at this time for the glory of His name, but also for our joy. We have one another according to the Bible. I need you and you need me. You have gifts and ways of seeing things that I don't. And vice versa, and each of us has a unique testimony with our shared Savior. God brought us to this community where together we can become all that God wants us to be. And this is so important because what that tells us is that coming to church and listening to sermon is not nowhere in God's prescription for His people. His prescription is not going to, but belonging to. And that's a lot scarier and a lot more nerve-wracking than just laying there and tuning in online to watch service. And it, it, sometimes it's hard to belong somewhere because that means I have to open up. That means I have to commit. I have to be naked and unashamed like Adam and Eve were. I'm scared to engage because, man, what would, what would happen if people actually knew us? What would happen if they found out my marriage isn't doing too good? We don't want to be seen as, as weak or, or not perfect. So what we tend to do is just sit there and, 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 and go to church or tune into church and check that box, but not really belong to the fellowship and community of believers. And more than ever now, now we need people. We need us, we need, we need all of us to pull together and not divide ourselves because this isn't what the Lord has for us. This isn't what the Lord has for you. God's designed His kingdom to be a community of faith and not a divided community of just mere connections. What's interesting is that we didn't pick the people in this community. God did. I think about that all the time. Like, I didn't pick this family. God put us together because God knew what He's trying to do here. It's God who brings in the ingredients for a unique work in a unique location to accomplish His purpose to the ends of the earth. So, so God has brought us all together and made us a family. No one would have picked this weird group of humanity. God's done that. And that's a really beautiful thing to consider and think about. So now all the pieces 
are here, right? We've got the same Savior, we've got the same assignment, and we have one another. So that's all the pieces to, that makes us a community. We've got the same intent, we've got the same identity, and we've got the same interest. And here's the last thing that I want to really press a little bit. Before we break bread together, uh, this is the idea that I really want you to take from today. God wants more for us than mere connection. What we see in the Godhead is not connection, it's communion. And that's a deeper level of knowing one another than just being connected with one another. There's a difference between uh, regular knowing and being known. There's a difference between knowing something. I could know all about an athlete, what his diet is, his workout routines are, his injury history, all that I can know him, but I don't personally know him, and, and he doesn't know me. And what happens a lot of times, we will use knowing and knowledge to self-protect and shield us against being known. And this happens all the time in churches. And we all uh, know a lot about God, so we throw scriptures and sound spiritual and use that as a shield to not let anybody actually see who we are. So we throw some thoughts about God in family groups and D times to kind of self-protect from where you feel like you're not enough. Or self-protect maybe your past hurts or insecurities or fears. What the Lord is calling us into is not loose connections. What God is ushering us into is communion with our brothers and sisters. It's deep communion with one another that involves risk, involves uh, to put our true self out there. It needs humility, time, and trust, and the hope that we reach what our souls are longing for, which is deep communion with one another. This requires grace, will require forgiveness, humility, to listen to one another. And what I'm talking about here is hard. It's scary stuff. And maybe especially for men. I know for me, it's scary to put down the shields that I've always had up and really allow myself to be open and be known. For me, I've learned to self-protect my whole life by being a hard worker. Uh, being a harder worker than the person next to me and, and being able to get more done than people uh, that are, I, I'm with. And I have learned to get by. That's how I've learned to get by my whole life. And that's how I defend myself from being perceived weak, confused, or, or maybe not knowing. And so I think about this idea of, of putting my shield of knowledge down. And, and I think, oh my God, what would happen? If I laid that down and let people in, I'm going to be seen as weak. I'm going to uh, be. I'm going. It's going to leave me vulnerable. But in reality, looking back in my life and and the moments, and I, I realized that the moments where I felt a real sense of community in the church, the moments where I really felt God's presence and His plans clear, were the moments I humbled myself and put down my shield of knowledge. And allowed myself to be known and share my fears, hurts, pain, and experiences. And when I did that, that is truly when I saw God and my eyes open and truly understood what it meant. 
to be part of a community. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a cluster of aspen trees. It's probably one of the more beautiful trees in the world. Uh, and, and we're going to put a picture. Hopefully, uh, it's there. But if not, just Google it. Um, and th- there's something so unique about aspen trees. A singular aspen tree is not the organism itself, but actually aspen groves or clusters are singular organisms, which means there's a deeper, a deep embedded root system. It actually shoots up all of these aspen uh, trees so that when you're looking at a forest of aspen trees, you're actually looking at a singular tree that supports and comes alongside of one another and shares nutrients with one another for the good of the growth of the entire grove. So that the taller trees are drinking in the sun and it sends the nutrients down to smaller trees who aren't getting some sun. And the nutrients that are being pulled from the soil are actually being shot up to the highest trees. And you get this picture of a grove, a cluster. They're actually called clones of aspen trees. And aspen trees are always growing, even in the winter. At times, that root system will, will actually defer nutrients from healthier trees to support sick trees. And listen to this. The largest grove known to man is in Utah, and it weighs 6,600 tons. That's just one tree. It's insane, the size of it. And, 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 and groves have such strong root system that support uh, the weak and where nutrients are given to all for the good of the grove or the cluster. And I look at that example. And, and, and I look at the Bible, and that's what it looks like to be a community of disciples rather than just a connected group of people. Kingdom come means we are one body growing together, hurting together, rejoicing together, entering into victories together and losses of one another. In that same way, we are a community of faith, a household of faith. And what the world right now needs is men and women to drop their shields and and take the risk and step into a greater vulnerability, into a greater communion. Because this is what God has for us. We have the same Savior. We have the same assignment. We have one another. What we're missing out when we loosely connect with one another rather than deeply commune with one another. Let us pray for communion. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these men and women that are tuned in here today. I do thank you for the invitation to participate in, 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 in the Godhead, to be in communion with disciples. We pray that you would deepen our connections and that we might move past mere connection into communion with one another, being fully known and experience the fullness of you and your kingdom. I pray that you protect us because these things are scary to us. Give us wisdom as we interact with one another. Allow your kingdom to be a place where there are safe conversations. I really pray that you put in us anything that is self-righteous. Put to death in us anything that is uh, not compassionate or kind to become a community of love for one another. A community of support and encouragement for one another. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.